Welcome to the HDFS Careers Podcast, the podcast featuring informal conversations with family science majors about their professional journeys. My name is Erica Jordan. Today, I will be sharing my interview with Mariana Torres-Reyes, otherwise known as Maddie. A few weeks ago, my colleague at the University of Houston and Maddie's former instructor, Dr. Syra Rabb, shared a social media video from the Children's Museum of Houston that featured Maddie. As a lover of museums myself, I thought that was super cool and had to reach out to her. Thanks, Dr. Rabb, for sharing that video. Maddie earned a bachelor's degree in human development and family studies from the University of Houston. While completing her degree, she also earned an early childhood interventionist certificate and a minor in education. She is currently an outreach specialist at the Children's Museum of Houston and the owner and founder of Maddie's Delights, her baking company. In this episode, she discusses how she found the field of HDFS and her professional experiences to date. As is true for all interviewees on this podcast, Maddie's views are her own as a private citizen and do not reflect the views of her current, former, or future employers. Without further ado, here is her interview. Well, welcome to the podcast, Maddie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I am so excited to share your story with students. It's just, I just think it's so cool already. And I don't even know all about it yet. I'm just so excited to hear all about it. Um, so can, to start off, can you just tell me how you first found the field of HDFS? I know you earned a bachelor's degree in HDFS from the University of Houston. So you know, how did you find yourself in that major? Yeah, um, it happened kind of randomly. I actually went through two other majors. I started off at U of H as a dance major. <gasps> <laughs> yeah, I grew up dancing my whole life. I stopped in high school to focus more on music, but then um I found out that U of H had a dance program and decided to just try out and I made it in the program and I figured I would uh, do musical theater, but with an emphasis on dance and turned out that I wasn't happy doing it. I love to dance, but um, I always had kind of like a disconnect between technique. So I, I love to dance, but I didn't want to push myself to the extreme to get the best technique possible. So I was like, this is fun, but I don't think I want to pursue it like professionally. <laughs> yeah. What type of dance were you? Okay. So in high school, this is, I didn't even know this about you. So this is why it's so cool to talk to people. So, okay. What types of dance were you doing um, when you decided to try out? Um, so I grew up mainly doing jazz and lyrical contemporary. And then later on, like late middle school and early high school, I started taking more formal ballet training. Um, so I did that. And so at U of H, um, the dance program mainly focuses on ballet and modern dance. Uh, I hadn't really had no experience in modern dance, but it, it wasn't it was U of H has a great dance program. It just wasn't for me. Um, especially because the modern is just so different from like upbeat jazz and like Broadway, which is something that I was um, that I was more used to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at the very least, I mean, you grew up kind of performing. So I bet that, you know, growing up, I would imagine that that really helps with, you know, putting yourself out there and confidence, I would imagine. Um, yeah. Um, 
I don't know. (laughs) It's, um, (laughs) (laughs) it it does, it does help me sometimes, but okay. So for example, um, I was also in choir. I grew up uh, singing as well and I loved it and I could, I could dance in front of anybody and be okay. I was also in color guard and I could dance in front of a whole football stadium. And, but when it came to singing alone, I would get so nervous. So it's funny how just certain situations and certain uh, things that you are doing make you make you feel nervous and make you feel comfortable. It's it's I don't know if it's just maybe like a personality thing for me, but I've um, I've always been that way. I'm like certain things. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm out there center of attention and some other things. I'm like, oh, I'm so scared. I'm so shy. I don't know what to say or what to do. <laughs> <laughs> that makes total sense. Okay, so you decide, okay, this, this dance thing is, um, is not for me in terms of a profession. Um, you know, even though the program's great, you decide to go a different direction. So tell me what's your next step after that? Yeah, so um, while, when I started college, I, um, I started working at my church's nursery and then I started working at a daycare part-time um and I fell in love with kids I fell in love with just teaching them and seeing them uh seeing them grow and seeing their facial expressions when they learn something new especially I especially worked with the little ones so I got to see them say like first words take first steps and it was very exciting I was like I love early childhood and which was something I never saw myself doing and so I was like okay i don't like dance but I love kids and I love teaching them and being around them so let's go to education so um I'm I'm fluent fluent Spanish speaker so I decided to do bilingual education and I did that for two years and once I started getting like really uh into my education classes the last two years uh is when you start doing all your like internships and observations in the schools and I, I got to my first um, observation class and I was like, I love kids and I love teaching, but I do not like the classroom environment. And a lot of teachers would tell us the same things. They're like, I love teaching. I love my students. I just hate the politics of the school district or of the, specifically the school or anything like that. So it's like, I don't think I can see myself doing that either. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good that you realize that and like you got that experience and you realize hey this might not be for me like while you were still in school it can make a pivot yeah definitely and I'm grateful that we had the opportunity to do the observations and all that stuff because if I hadn't been able to I would have you know I would have kept going with that track Mm -hmm. and then I would have been teaching or like in student teaching when it's you're practically finished with your degree and I would have been like oh no I actually don't like this so uh, I was happy that I found that out and it still wasn't too late to switch. Right. Um, so at that point, you know, I was already in college for like three, three and a half years. Right. And and so I was like, OK, <laughs> back to square one. What do I do now? Yeah. And that's when I was like, OK, well, I don't really know what to do, but I do know I love working with children and I love working with families. And I don't want to have, I don't want to pursue a degree where I'm boxed in a certain job. Mm-hmm. So then um, I had taken a few HDFS classes 
I think I had taken two or three. I believe one of them was yours. Oh, cool. Hopefully it <laughs> yeah. was a good experience. If not, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it was great. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I loved your class and oh, I awesome. loved you as a professor. Oh, that's and, good. That's, you must yeah. have caught me on a good semester. That's good. Thank you. <laughs> yes, definitely. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take a semester off. Um, and it, it actually kind of worked out because it was the semester where Harvey hit and my house flooded. And so, you know, it worked out. I'm glad that I didn't have to go to school during that semester because it would have been insane. I don't know how other students did it. But then I was like, okay, well, I love, I love HD, I love my HDFS classes. And I feel, and I research into it. And I'm like, I can do so many different things with this. And um, I, that's when I found out that a lot of people had done their HDFS internships at the Children's Museum. Like, I love museums and I love children, so I think I can make this work. And then that following spring semester of 2018, that's when I officially um, declared HCFS my major. That is so neat. Okay, so tell me all about your internship. Um, Well, wait a minute. No, tell me. So you declare it as your major. Tell me about your kind of experiences in the class first. So what what was it about, you know, the field of HDFS and like the coursework? Um, what was it that you were learning about that, or, or that you just really enjoyed so much? Yeah, um, I don't know. I just I really loved it all. Specifically, um, Dr. Rab's culture and diversity in HDFS. Uh-huh. I loved that class. It opened up my eyes so much. I love that we were able to learn um, about people. I um, not only just you know development, physical, right. cognitive, social, emotional, all that, but I I really love learning how we interact together and the different cultures and how that can affect your development and really how every culture and also just every person's development is unique because of all the different factors. And I just love learning about all that stuff. I, I love finding out all the little research and just kind of how connected everything is. I also really enjoyed uh, the adult development class. I also took that with Dr. Rab. Um, everything, I just found everything just so fascinating. I love learning about it. I love telling people about it too. Like, did you know this and this? And by the time you get to this age, this is how we're gonna be thinking. And this is why your parents probably have this mentality. I just loved how it all, you know, um, I loved how uh, broad, but also kind of like specific everything was. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there is um, something for everybody in this major. Like, you know, if, because it is broad enough, you know, that there, I don't know. I feel like there's something that's related to everyone and then you can kind of find your own specialty and then you know, drill down and learn even more about that. Yeah, definitely. And also so many of us uh, want to do different things. Like yeah. um, I remember one girl wanted to be a lactation consultant. Um, someone wanted to be a doctor. Um, a lot of us, you know, were interested in nonprofit. Um, some people were interested in education. So it was like a great variety instead of like when I was in my education classes, you know, we're Hey, we're all we all want to be teachers yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're all just um kind of have like the same mentality as well so it it's hard to I don't know I guess learn different perspectives when we're all being taught the same thing and to think the same way when otherwise in HDFS we're all just so different we're like oh you want to pursue this so how how do you think this reading applies to you and you know it, it was a it was a very like 
all of my classes had very good rounded um, and deep conversations, which was nice. That is interesting. Yeah. I mean, there's some, certainly something to be said for, oh, it's kind of nice when you have a cohort of people who are, you know, they have a, a very similar goal. You know, some people might be ultimately wanting to be in administration or curriculum specialist or something, but you know, they, they are all looking for that teacher certification. Um, so there is something kind of nice about that, but you also point out on the flip side, there's something kind of nice um, being in a cohort of people who all have a variety of, a broad, a broader variety of goals, let me say, a broader variety of goals. And you can really kind of learn about different perspectives that way too, and different careers even. So I think that's a really good point. Um, and yeah, just a few examples that you provided show the, the really broad range um, of interest. Um, okay, so tell me about your internship. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I keep thinking about this and then I think about something else. Tell me what else did. So um, while you were in school, did you, um, were you able to go to class or did you also um, have to balance work on top of classes? Did you volunteer? Did you get involved on campus or off campus? Just tell me what else your college experience was like beyond classes. Yeah, um, so I did both. I did in-person and online classes. Um, I didn't get as involved as I would have liked. Uh, I was very involved in high school. I was like in almost every club and organization that we had, um, especially any anything performing arts wise. But um, once I got to college, I really didn't have the time um, because I was working so much. Uh, I did have a small scholarship, but um, my dad was supposed to pay for my tuition and he had some health problems and so I didn't want to burden him or rely on loans I really really wanted to graduate without loans because I still plan on going to grad school and I figured that I would definitely need loans for then so I was like okay I'd rather just uh save my loans for um, grad school and so I worked my whole college career and yeah I, I always had like two or three jobs so so you were working multiple part-time jobs or were you working full-time job and I yeah hope. multiple because you know because of college you have like random classes each semester you try to keep the same times but it's not possible especially once you get towards the end when your classes are so limited like this is the one class at this one time and you needed to graduate so you better take it so I, I always had multiple part-time jobs to try to fit in my schedule. That's so amazing that you had that work ethic, first of all, and that drive to just, you know, um, to kind of, I don't know, rise to the occasion when you had that family emergency and, you know, you just sort of figured out another way to meet your goals. What were some of the, the jobs that you, um, that you had during college, if you don't mind saying? No, yeah, um, I don't mind. I... I worked at my church's nursery the whole five years of college. Okay. I worked at a daycare for like about, for a little over a year. Mm -hmm. um, and then my main job after that was Crave Cupcakes. I still currently work there uh, on the weekends if I have time. Those cupcakes are so good. Oh my <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I worked there. Uh, I think it was like 2017. I started working there and then I always did my little baking business on the side 
So I always like sold cupcakes and then I started doing cakes. So I always did that. Um, I feel like I had a few other, uh, well, at least a couple other jobs, but I don't remember. I always tried to do like babysitting as well. So if I ever had a free night, I tried to babysit. Um, and then at the church, we would also have like special events and stuff like that every once in a while. So I would always like take those extra ones if I was able to. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. You definitely were juggling a lot. And, um, it's a, I always like to point out the fact that people who are working, even if, first of all, a lot of those jobs were actually related to, to many aspects of the major, but even if they're not directly related, um, you're still like picking up experience, just working with people. And I think that that experience is so valuable, um, for being on the job market later. So, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. Kudos to you for balancing it all. Um, that's really amazing. Um, okay. So tell me now, finally, tell me about your (laughs) internship. I'm ready. I'm not going to think of another question between now and then. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, so I actually, before I did my full internship at the children's museum, I, I did the, uh, what was the practicum? Okay. Uh, and Dr. Sorch, I'm not sure who was her contact, but, um, she had a contact at the museum she was like, hey, if you want to do your practicum here at the museum, go ahead and let me know. And so I was like, yes, that's awesome. I don't even have to try really hard to find a way to get in the museum because she yeah. had a contact already. So that's what I did. I did my practicum. It was just um, like 10, 15 hours. It was very, it was very short. But I was like, OK, I think I like it here. And then I the person that Dr. Storch had contact with, um, led me to someone else. And then I asked her if there was an internship. And so I actually didn't do my HCFS internship at the Children's Museum. Okay. I had, I had my practicum, my first practicum, and then I had my second practicum. So I believe the first one was 10 hours and then your second one was like 20 hours. So I did my second practicum at the Children's Museum, but I decided to take on a full internship with them. So I was doing like 20 to 30 hours a week at the Children's Museum just on my own because uh, it was unpaid. And I really wanted to try to find a paid internship for my last HDFS um, internship. Um, so I so I did that. I worked in this program called Para Los Niños, which is actually the program I work with now. Okay. And it's a bilingual outreach program. And what I, I mainly just assisted in the workshops. So we would take activities for parents and families to do together. And we would present a small workshop. And with, uh, she would, we would mainly go to libraries and schools, like um, early childhood schools. Mm-hmm. I think we, those are the main ones I went to back then. And then I was also in charge of the story times for family free night. We always have a family free night on Thursdays at the museum. And they have a, a small little program for Thursday nights where we read books um, to the families. And we also give them a free book. And we also provide an activity for them to do together while they're there at the museum. So it's a small program, but it's, uh, it has a really big impact. Like, um, my coworkers in charge of it now, and people are always asking her, like, we can't wait for the museum to be open so we can do this again. 
So it's a really awesome program. And I was able to do that for that whole semester. Um, and so I would choose out books. I would translate them if they needed to be translated to Spanish. And I would come up with the activity and create the, the materials, make sure I had enough for like 50, 75 families. And then I uh, would assist with the story time readings on Thursday nights. That's really cool. What was an example of like maybe one of the activities that you had, um, so I guess, to go along with the book? Yeah. Um, so I think one of the most popular ones that I did was a sensory butterfly. I actually just did a video for it. It's Aww. going to be airing this week, I believe. <laughs> and it was so simple. I just got a Ziploc baggie and got a whole bunch of different materials like pom-pom sequins, um, packing peanuts, uh, I think like crinkle and ribbon, mm-hmm. laid them out in little baskets. And then they, they would just grab different materials, put it in their baggie. And then in the middle, they would wrap around pipe cleaner for the antennas of the butterfly. And so when it got wrapped around in the middle, it would create the wings of the butterflies. And the kids just got so excited. They started like <laughs> playing around, pretending they were butterflies too, and flying it. That's it was really so cute. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And like you said, so simple. You just kind of found some of these common items and um, put them together and use your imagination. It's really neat. Okay. So you told me, I think you just said, I want to be sure that I'm clear about this. You didn't do your first practicum at the Children's Museum of Houston. You did your second practicum at the Children's Museum of Houston and then a full-on internship there. Well, I did my first practicum there. I'm sorry. I know it's confusing. (laughs) I did I did my first practicum there, uh, which is like, it was, it was short. I just did like 10 hours of observation and, and volunteering. And then the second practicum, I think I only needed 20 hours, but I decided to just do a full on internship with them. Got you. Yeah. Got you. So you said, okay, no, I think I really like it here. I'm actually going to expand this experience. They say that they have an opportunity for me. So I'm not going to stop just at this, whatever small number of hours that's required. I'm going to go beyond and do a full on semester long. Got it. Okay. So yeah, you were really going above and beyond. And are you still doing this while you're balancing working? Uh, yes <laughs> that is so you have to be very organized and yeah um, and not not sleep but <laughs> not sleep oh my goodness um but you got through it and um and, and I, were- I really enjoyed it I had a great experience and that's why I, just, I kept doing it I'm I could have ended it a lot earlier she gave me the option of like you know ending like in April but I decided to just do it until like mid-May because yeah. I loved it so much that is wonderful. Um, yeah. So it was a really great experience. And so for my full HDFS internship, <laughs> um, I graduated in the summer of 2019. So for that summer, I interned and worked at Space Center Houston. Okay. Tell me all about that. Yeah. Um, Space Center was a great experience. I, I loved it. I didn't want to leave. I was so sad when my internship was over, but um, I intern with the education department and there's actually quite a few of us interns there was five or six of us I believe and um, we were each in charge of like a small project I actually started my internship like three weeks after everybody else so I got um, I got assigned a project of my own I was in charge of um, the Space Center Houston 
educator mem- membership program. So I had to find a way to incorporate field trips and bringing uh, bringing schools in on this membership for educators and teachers. So that way they would have a more exclusive access to Space Center Houston rather than just coming on, you know, a random scheduled field trip to the museum. If a, if a teacher or educator had that membership, they would have access, I think, to like certain um, workshops or events. So it was a more, uh, it was a program that they were developing. I'm not sure if it actually um, ever got implemented, but that's what I was in charge of. Okay. Um. So yeah, I think I know some of the other museums in the museum district, like they'll have these like special educator workshops or special educator nights, or they'll like open some of the exhibits early or something for educators and have special mm-hmm. events. Was it sort of like that? Do you think is the aim? Yeah, it was It was something like that, um, which kind of surprised me that Space Center didn't have something like that in place already, mm-hmm. but um, that's why they were trying to develop it. But also Space Center is... Uh, just trying to do so much they do so much so I think it just kind of got buried and also Space Center started off as more as like an entertainment place I remember when I was a kid it was more about the games and the stuff that they would have and they really pivoted I believe they said it was like 10 years ago and they made it into an, an educational setting and a place where you really learn about space and and space travel Interesting. And now you said you really loved this one. You did not want to leave. So what did you love so much about it? Like, you know, what was it that had you so engaged with this particular internship? Um, well, I think it was mainly that I realized that STEM, STEM learning is, wasn't far out of my reach. I kind of grew up thinking that, you know, math and science, that's way too hard. I can't pursue any of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and also kind of as a, as a woman, it was like, oh, you know, you're artsy, you're, you dance and stuff. Like, that's what you do. So I never, um, and I don't think it was intentional, but no one in my family ever was like, oh, do you, you know, want to be a scientist? Do you want to be a chemist? You know, it just never really got brought up especially since I was so artsy since I was little mm-hmm. I think you know it just kind of got pushed aside right. and once I got in high school I, I really did struggle with math uh, especially math I did love science but I did struggle if it had like a math component like physics or chemistry I loved chemistry but when it came to stoichiometry I was like oh my goodness this is so hard yeah so I never just I never even thought of pursuing a field in STEM and Space Center is so open about that and they really push, especially for girls and women to explore STEM and whether it's um, a space related field or not, you know, they just want everyone to know that it's within their reach, you know, robotics, uh, mathematics, um, all that stuff. And um, Space Center's mission really is important and uh, the education. The education team over there is so passionate. The um, uh, most of the staff was um, like principals, you know, people who have worked in schools for a long time, and they left, you know, their relatively high-paying jobs to go work at Space Center because they're just so passionate about learning and space. Wow! So it's really nice to be around that that energy. 
Yeah. Um, and also all the other interns, you know, I was the only one that was out of place. I was the only one that was, uh, you know, family science or yeah. education. Everybody else was um, astronomy. There were chemical engineers, uh, physics. So there were uh, there were actual STEM majors and they wanted to pursue a field in STEM. And I was like, oh, I'm just here for the fun, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of don't know how I got selected, but I'm glad that I was because it was it was a great experience. That sounds like it. I think that's really cool that you were able to explore that aspect of your own personal knowledge and learning and be empowered through that internship. Yeah, it, it was it was really nice. And it was also it like awakened uh, my sense of love for space. Yeah. And space exploration. Um, I I knew I always loved it. It always intrigued me, but I, I didn't really awaken in me until I worked there. I was like, like space exploration is so important. And, you know, I do want us to go to Mars. And, yeah. You know, it's it's so exciting. I think that's um, the most important part of it is just seeing what man is capable of. Yeah. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. And also I got to, uh, go to NASA. So space center and NASA are separate. So visitors can, you know, always go to NASA on the little trams, but we got special badges and we were able to just go to the Johnson, um, to the Johnson Space Center we would uh talk to employees there at NASA and it was it was a really uh fun experience and also like you know it's so um NASA specifically the it's just so um secured mm-hmm. and they do not let anybody just wander around over there so for <laughs> us to get those special NASA badges was you know like a, really a privilege yeah. and uh, I'm so glad that I got to experience that because I would have never been able to do that otherwise Oh, that is really cool. And you said that mm-hmm. internship happened to be paid as well. Yes. So it was, it was the best of both worlds. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like all of these perks. I mean, it would have been a cool internship to do even without payment. And then the fact that it finally one is paid. I wish they were all paid. <laughs> finally one is yeah. paid. That's, that's the icing on the cake. Um, okay. So you your internship at the Space Center ends. And so... And do you graduate right after that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, I graduated that August. Okay. And then what's um, your next step after that? Finding a job. Okay. okay. How'd that <laughs> <Yeah>. go? <laughs> so my, I kept in touch with my supervisor at the Children's Museum. And she said that they would have a job open up at the end of August. So I was like, great. You know, I ended my internship at Space Center with, um, you know, with the job lined up and at least that's what I thought mm-hmm. and so I reached out to her um, a little before ending my internship and she was like it's still in the works we're trying to get it approved hopefully by September I have something yeah. I'm like okay I can wait a month you know <laughs> <laughs> I went back to crave cupcakes I was like I definitely still have you know bills to pay yes so <laughs> I, I just I worked there and then I also started applying to a couple other places. But I really, when I was uh, applying for jobs, I really boxed myself in into working at a museum. Mm-hmm. So that really limited my options. I didn't really think about doing anything else. Um, and for um, 
the museum industry, they require lots of experience. Uh, oftentimes they require a master's. A lot of times their positions are part-time. So finding a position was difficult. And I was applying to places all over the country because I was like, I don't mind leaving Houston. Yeah. Um, so I was looking everywhere. Wouldn't hear anything back. My supervisor kept contacting me every month. I was like, still not approved, you know? And I was like, okay, you know, I was feeling a little discouraged. I was yeah. like, okay, maybe I, you know, uh, picked the wrong industry to look at. I was like, maybe I should look at other parts of HCFS that I really wasn't thinking of before. And also Space Center didn't have any full-time positions. Mm -hmm. So uh, I was like, okay, I was just there at Crave Cupcakes, you know, waiting for my job to yeah. uh, come up someday. <laughs> and then finally, uh, in November, my supervisor contacts me and she's like, okay, I have a job for you, but it's not full-time. Mm. And I'm like, hmm, Okay. Well, of course, that that sucked. But I was like, I need a job. I need to get my experience. The longer I wait, I know the harder it is going to be. And I really want to work at the Children's Museum because that's where I had such a great experience there. And I knew my supervisor. Like, I think I should just take this. And so I, I took the part-time position. I kept working. Uh, I crave as well. And my supervisor said that the position would become full-time. I'm like, okay, you know, I can wait. And so eventually um, at the end of that year, so very late December, the position got me full-time. Wow. I was like, yay. So <laughs> yay. <had> a job. <laughs> yes. A job in the industry that you really, really loved um, it, working in museums and you didn't even have to leave Houston, but I think it's awesome that you were willing to, you know, to consider it. Um, so, okay, tell me about, I, I think you've already told us a little bit about it, but I guess tell me what, what your day-to-day -day, uh, life is like as a full-time outreach specialist for the museum. Yeah, so it's crazy because my position has completely changed because of the pandemic. Mm. So prior to the pandemic, my my job was hectic. It was It was very rewarding and it was important but it was draining me um, because I drove around Houston <laughs> all day and uh, went and most of our workshops were like in the Gulfton area. So a lot of um, uh, middle, middle Eastern uh, families, a lot of refugees. So it was very important that we were going into that area, but that's where they mainly were. And so a lot of our workshops would be after after school. And so I would leave that area right at five o'clock or five thirty. And I would have and so it's like, you know, uh southwest Houston and I lived in northeast. Oh, <laughs> Houston. No. And yeah, so people I was who are listening to this and don't understand how big Houston, like the greater metro Houston area is bigger than at least one of our states in the United States. So it's big. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was, it was a hard drive. So I would spend, if I was lucky, I would take me an hour to get home. But most of the time it was an hour and a half to two hours. Oh so I gosh. wouldn't make it home until seven, eight o'clock sometimes. Or sometimes I would be like, okay, I'm going to go get dinner and then wait for <laughs> traffic to die down. And then I have to wake up early the next day and do it all over again. So um, um, it was, it was very draining. 
um, and I almost thought I couldn't make it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, this is it's it's a great experience, but I, this is not for me. You know, uh, like my supervisor and my other coworker, they I don't know what it is, but they just like even though it's hard, they just do it so easily. They like I love it. You know, I don't mind the driving and, you know, they they just they just were built differently, I guess, you know, but it was just totally fine. I think, you know, I, you know, I'm just, it just shows that I, I'm not meant for that type of job, mm-hmm. which is totally okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a great experience as, you know, and getting to uh, see the impact on families, especially immigrant families, just also like close to my heart because I'm an immigrant. So, you know, uh, having the museum, do this outreach work yeah. is is so important and uh you know I'm glad that I got to take part of it um and so on top of uh our workshops um and all the driving <laughs> we we had uh we had different uh different programs as well so we had our para los niños and then we also had Houston basics which is workshops for families with kids under three years old and then we also had um teaching together which was um, STEM workshops for um, families uh, in, that had kids in pre-K. So we had, um, we had lots of different kits and stuff. And so on top of uh, doing the workshops and bringing the activities, presenting the workshops and all that stuff, um, we would have to bring back the kits and the activities and we would have to clean them, you know, restock, put the materials back. And it was um, actually um, is very time consuming and can be very tedious, but you know, somebody has to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to do it and um, you know, and we had um, an intern that would help as well, but it was, it was a lot of work and we only had a tiny team of three. And so, you know, I just, I, I wasn't happy and I was like thinking, okay, well, I'm so glad that I got this job and that I got it almost straight out of graduating so that way I could have this experience and realize that working here wasn't for me yeah um it was just kind of crazy because my internship experience was so different Mm -hmm. and it was you know just I loved it so much and then I didn't like my my position and I don't know if maybe if I had a different position I would have had a different experience but um I just wasn't happy at that point but then the pandemic hit, unfortunately. <laughs> wow. um, and then my job completely changed. So, you know, of course, because of COVID, we couldn't go out to families and we couldn't present our workshops anymore. And we worked from home for a few months. Um, and, you know, my, my title is still there, but basically my job cease to exist (laughs) my day-to-day duties yeah um so that's when we switched um to our virtual learning we did that while the first few months the pandemic was first you know hit houston really hard and then we opened the museum again and then uh i actually had hardly ever worked inside the museum because we were always out doing outreach and in the different communities Mm-hmm. So then all of a sudden they're like, okay, we can't afford to have all of our part-time staff anymore. So educators and outreach, ha- you guys have to work the museum floor now. So we were kind of thrown into that and wow. we were working the museum floor, you know, during COVID times. 
um, which was a little difficult. For the most part, it was chill. But of course, there's some people who are uncomfortable wearing masks. Some people, you know, uh, would get in your face if you would tell them, you know, to put on their mask or to social distance. Yeah, it was and it didn't happen all the time, but it did happen. It made me uncomfortable. I just specific you know, just me uh, specifically didn't feel comfortable telling people, you know, to put on their masks. And I didn't like being put in the position of like, well, why do I have to? Or we're outside. Like, it's hot. Like, do I really have to leave it on? I'm like, yes, but please don't yell at me. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, that, you know, that happened and we were open for last summer and then we closed in August again. And then we just we switched to our all-time access, which is um, all the videos that we have been making and I have been making. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have like a daily broadcast and we broadcast four videos a day. We have different sections and um, we basically get to do whatever we want as long as um, like some of the sponsors and funders require it for it to be like a specific theme or for you to cover a certain topic but as long as it falls under that you're pretty much free to do whatever you would like so my uh my video content is just stuff that I come up with stuff that I find some stuff that I research Uh, we also have a sponsor that is for the performing and visual arts so I've been able to do a few dance videos I also do, I mainly do videos for early childhood and story times. So I've also been able to do um, some like art related crafts for early childhood and some dancing ones as well, um, which has been really fun. And I, I really, I didn't think that I would enjoy it because all of a sudden it's like we went from like doing videos on at home and on our phones to lights and we have our video producer and we had PR making sure we're doing it right and we have our little microphones like whoa this is this got serious really fast (laughs) and I would get really nervous I'm like oh I'm sorry I keep stuttering and I don't remember what I'm supposed to say (laughs) but eventually I got the hang of it and um I I think the the part that I enjoy the most is just finding out what my content is going to be and making videos based off of that. And so uh, outreach was put on hold for a long time, but then we started doing uh, virtual workshops and I, I actually just started doing that. Um, So this is last week. Yeah. So that's my first virtual workshop was last week. Um, And it was for our, um, basics Houston program, which is for the little ones with parents, uh, with kids, um, ages, um, zero to three. And, um, and it's for, uh, it, there are five powerful ways to help develop your baby's brain. So they're, they're very important workshops that I, I've enjoyed, um, very much doing in person. So I'm glad that I'm able to do them virtually again. Um, but yeah, but pretty much until, last week (laughs) all of my job was basically uh making videos producing content and helping other departments as necessary like um I also started doing a lot of translation work um while I I was born in Mexico and Spanish was my first language I didn't have any formal schooling in it Mm -hmm. so I um 
taught myself how to read and write to the best of my ability. So for me to start doing translations for as my job is kind of a, a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and I'm glad that I I've had that experience as well. That way, um, my Spanish has gotten better because of it. And now I can also it's a very important skill. And you know, uh, by bilingual speakers are um, very important. But for you to be able to say that you can translate and do it professionally and well, I think is something that um, not many people can say unless they were like schooled in a Spanish speaking country. Yeah. yeah. So I was able to do that, the translations and also uh, we just with little things like if another department needed to build kits or anything like that, would just help out with that. So you know, it's kind of crazy how my job just completely changed. But, I, you know, um, I'm grateful that I had a job throughout all of this. And that, you know, while I was uh, about to give up on the museum, the museum did not give up on me. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, you guys have basically gone to video production people <laughs> during the right. pandemic. And so, yeah, I totally know what you mean. Like, and yeah, you get up in front of those lights and it's like, I remember they shot some video, I don't know, for us promoting HDFS or something a couple of years ago. And I felt so bad. They had to do so many takes of me. And I still don't think they were fully satisfied at the end because, you know, it can be really, it takes a while to get to be comfortable in, in that setting. Yeah, um, definitely. And I've been doing it for months now and I just, I just started being comfortable. So. Yes. <laughs> but it sounds like too, you were able to really lean into this aspect of the job where you have a bit more autonomy and you are able to express some creativity. Like you're able to, you love learning. You've expressed that before a few times in your interview, but you're able to like learn about a topic, research it, and then translate it to the community, you know, in ways that parents and families can use through these videos. Um, so it, it seems like you really enjoyed that more mm -hmm. independent yeah. part. Like you, you, you got yes. to more, spend more of your time, less of your time driving and more of your time, <laughs> you know, really um, researching and, and producing um, content for families. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I really have enjoyed uh, the work that we're doing recently. And I'm glad that we're doing virtual workshops again. And um, I think that's the best part about it being virtually is that I don't have to drive anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, okay, so the workshop piece, which you just started back doing, like you said, so there, are you actually, is it like a Zoom meeting? Like, are the, are the parents asking you all questions in real time? Um, is that the difference between mm -hmm. the other videos? Okay, so before you all were doing the videos where it's kind of you all are producing them and then you're putting them out there. Now it's a workshop, so it's more interactive. So you all have both right. the things that you're doing now. Right, and also with doing the workshops, we have to build kits so that way the parents can do the activities at home. Gotcha, so y'all send the kits out. Okay, mm -hmm. okay. So yeah, it's very interactive. So you've got a little bit of the best of both worlds now. Now you're able to do kind of this educational piece, but then also the educational piece in an interactive format as well. Okay. Right. Yeah. And it's also uh, nice that I'm able to use these random skills that I had, you know, in high school and in college, like my, like my singing and dancing and uh, my Spanish skills. Uh, so it's nice that I'm able to use practically everything that I have in my arsenal 
you know, which otherwise I wasn't using before. That is really cool. Yeah. I mean, you can really, um, you're able to exercise a variety of your skills and, and share with families in many different ways. That's really neat. It is true that like, yeah, even when some things get taken away, there's still some other opportunities there. And it sounds like you've been able, you and the museum have been able to really pivot Pivot is the word for 2020 and 2021, I guess. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And take advantage of those opportunities so that you all can still maximize, um, you know, share, share with families to the best of your ability, maximize those opportunities to connect with them. Um, so, okay. We have to talk about the um, baking as well. So how did you get into the baking? Um, tell me all about this business as well that has been going on behind the scenes as you've been obtaining all of these other work experiences. Yeah, definitely. So um, it also kind of just started randomly as well. I had a friend that um, uh, loved to bake and we would always make cupcakes for our friends on their birthdays. And so that was kind of like our thing. We started doing that and then uh, I had a few people be like, you should just start selling them. And I was like, eh. I'm like, I just do it for fun. You know, I wasn't like uh, making anything from scratch either. I was just taking the baking mix, you know, from <laughs> the boxes. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was nothing serious. And I was like, I mean, I guess I don't see why not. So, you know, I graduated high school. Well, like, I'll just start doing it. You know, maybe it'll be a hit. Maybe it won't. Regardless, it's fun. Yeah. Um, and so I started doing that. And then uh I would get a few orders I would have some um friends and family and you know also some uh random people who I heard of who had heard of me uh from other friends and family and every once in a while I would you know get some orders so you know I wasn't making a ton of money but it was a, a little bit of su extra support and eventually um I started getting so much interest and also I started getting a lot more invested that I started taking it more seriously. So I started, I, I threw away the box mix. I was like, never again. <laughs> but, and I started making everything from scratch, just started making my icing from scratch. And I started researching more recipes. Um, and then I just, I started off with just cupcakes. And then I started making cakes. And so, and, and with every order or with every birthday that I would uh for my mom that I would decide to make a cake for I just got better and better and um my little Instagram would get more followers and yes <laughs> yeah so it just it, it grew very uh, like slowly um but right when the pandemic hit for some reason everybody wanted cake and cupcakes and people would <laughs> it's crazy because the pandemic has you know been awful for so many reasons but for me I have grown so much through it so uh, it's it's a kind of amazing that something so horrible could lead to me growing so much as a person and also career right career wise so um, I kind of had something every week which I had never really happened before every once in a while we have like a busy month and I'm like oh I have an order or a couple orders every single week mm -hmm. but it, sometimes it would just like die and you know I wouldn't have anything for a couple weeks or a month at a time mm -hmm. and then the pandemic came and it's just like bam 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 something right after the other 
Everybody needs comfort suites. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like we're exactly. stuck at home. Give us some <laughs> treats. <laughs> yes. And also, I think um, another big reason is that, you know, because people aren't, weren't able to travel and, you know, have like big parties. Everyone is taking birthdays as an opportunity to gather with their families. So they're yeah. like, if you're the only thing you can do for your birthday is be at home with your family, like, of course, you're going to get cake. So I yeah. feel like that's one of the big reasons uh, that people would contact me. And also what the majority of my orders are for birthdays. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's grown a lot within the past year, which has been great. And I've also, uh, you know, uh, gotten so much better and I started making other stuff. I started making macaroons. I took a class a long time ago and I was intimidated by it. And I was like, uh, I'll save this for some other time. <laughs> and so I, <laughs> I finally started doing those again. And um, I actually did two pop-up events last week and I had a like a big su- success with that as well. And, you know, met lots of people and lots of uh, small business owners as well. So, um, you know, I, you know, I work my full-time job and then I come home and sometimes I have to make an order on a Wednesday night and I'll spend all night baking and then go to work the next day. Wow. So, yeah. Or if I, you know, I'll spend my whole, uh, weekend baking. Uh, but you know, I, I've always, I mean, clearly, as you can see, I've always been busy Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I enjoy it. And also because it's baking, you know, and it's, I love creating, I love being able to say that I made this and that satisfaction you get after uh, making something. I also like that same satisfaction that I felt after performing. I get that after I make a cake Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's why I like, I don't mind it. I'm like, I don't mind the sleepless nights and you know, I don't mind that I have to sometimes give up my only free Saturday, but, (laughs) but it's good. And, uh, and I hope to, you know, keep this going. And even if it stays uh, something that I do on the side, mm-hmm. um, I hope to continue to to do it. And maybe one day I, th- I think about it all the time between choosing to follow like my academic career or to, you know, uh, work in a bakery or open up my, my own shop one day mm-hmm. or a food truck. So I'm always being torn both ways. I'm like, which way do I want to go? And <laughs> well I feel that no matter which direction you ultimately go you can always use your knowledge of connecting with people and families no matter what so yeah and I think that's also the magic of HTFS is that you know everybody uses it whether they realize it or not whether they majored in any college or not it's Mm -hmm. you know something that we use and see in our everyday life. And, you know, I have, um, friends that are starting to have kids and I'm just like, wow, I can't wait to give you this great textbook. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know uh, yeah. So we're always, we're always learning about each other and, you know, we're always developing as humans. Like, you know, we continue our human development from conception to death. So it's, um, you know, like you said, you know, regardless where I go, I think I will definitely take all of my knowledge with HDFS and continue using it no matter where I go or where I end up. For sure. I also think, I just want to say, 
I want to plug Maddie's um, business. It's called Maddie's Delights. And she has a very fun Facebook and Instagram feed just because you're looking at these colorful treats and it just makes you feel so happy. <laughs> it's a very happy <laughs> feed. So I'm not surprised that it grew during the pandemic. Okay. So I always, first of all, I want to say you've been super generous with your time. Thank you. But I always end with, uh, two questions. One is, is there anything that you wanted to share that I didn't ask or anything that you wanted to share or clarify that I didn't ask? Um, and then the second is, um, if you have any advice for students or new professionals, what would that be? I would, I think I would just want to, I think I would just want to say that, you know, if you're working and going to school, it is, uh, you can definitely do it. It'll be hard work, but you can do it. Um, and also, you know, uh, while I mainly worked to just pay off my tuition and to graduate without loans, also that work experience that I got, I feel like made me a tougher and better person. And and um, I feel like that's why I'm able to do so many things at once because I, I've developed a a work ethic that not a lot of people have, or it takes a long time to develop because people didn't start working when they were young. Um, and also I think this like entrepreneurial spirit comes from my family because both of my parents are small business owners. Mm -hmm. My mom actually retired because she got sick, but she was um, a pretty famous Houston belly dancer. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and then my dad, my dad lives in Mexico and he has his own uh, music business. So he's like a band manager. He's also a promotional director and he brings in bands from all over Latin America. And so I think um, a lot of my work ethic comes from from them. And I guess uh, my like, ambition as well. And being a, a first, gener first generation student, or <laughs> graduate just uh also you know you just want to make yourself proud and your family proud and it just everything that you everything that you do just means so much more because you're one of the first or the first person to do it from your family and as far as advice um yeah I think you know uh just persisting not giving up even when Times seem bleak, you know, when you can't find a job or if you find you think you're in the wrong industry. You know, I think HCFS, um, there's a lot of love and support here. And because it's so broad, you can, you know, easily just, OK, I want to try this next, switch into this. And also, um, I don't know, <laughs> there's like uh, the world. It's so cheesy, but the world really is your oyster. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah. When you are the first in your family, like, yeah, it is. It, everything has so much meaning. I mean, and um, that's clearly been so important and a huge motivating factor for you. Um, I feel like you are like the creator extraordinaire, whether it's dancing, singing, um, cupcake baking, creating content for families. Like you, you're um, a very creative person but that's really mixed with this very strong work ethic. And um, I feel like that's a, just an unbeatable combination. And um, 
yeah, um, I, I think that whatever you put your mind to um, in the future, you know, you will definitely be successful at. Um, like you said, this uh, persistence, you clearly have made that a hallmark in your life. And um, I think you have a lot to be proud of. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I hope to continue to do great things, uh, you know, especially since I felt, you know, I was kind of at a plateau in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially since school was my life for so long, I was like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't feel super happy on my job and I don't know what else I would want to do. You know, I was feeling very lost and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I mean, you know, despite the pandemic, I was able to find myself again. And, you know, I think I, I know where I want to go in life and I know that things happen in their own time now. You know, I wanted everything to just kind of be like this. Yeah, you graduate, get a job and you get a uh, good pay. And this is everything's just I wanted it immediately. And I finally learned that it doesn't happen that way for some people in May. But for me, it didn't. And I think it while it was tough, it also made me stronger as a person. So it's been it's been a, a learning experience and a growing experience. But I think ultimately, you know, as long as you don't give up, you, you will see the fruits of your labor. That's great. Great, encouraging inspiration to end on. And thank you so much for taking the time to be with me. Thank you for <laughs> talking to me after the end of probably another work day. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for having me. It was, it was great talking to you today. That's great having you. I know students are going to be inspired by your story. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the HDFS Careers Podcast. If you have recommendations for HDFS or other family science alumni to interview, please reach out to me at hdfscareers.com. Don't worry if they are not working on a job that would normally be considered in the field. I'm interested in hearing a variety of stories, especially if they are working outside of academia. If you like this podcast and want other people to be able to find it, please rate it and review it in iTunes or share it on social media. Until next time, keep exploring your future possibilities.